Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. It's very difficult as a parent to see our kids struggle either academically or socially. For some of us, we feel that our kid is the only one struggling, and we have no idea where to turn to. We wonder if we should talk to the teacher or pediatrician. It's also possible that a teacher has requested a meeting with us, and we don't know how to react. We all want our kids to be able to fit in and move ahead, but sometimes it's not working out, and we need help. In this podcast, I interview Lexi Burns, an educational therapist and founder of NeuroPlay Academics. I talk with her about the process of assessing if your child needs help. We also cover what sorts of help might be available to you from schools, doctors, and therapists once you have an idea about what to focus on. I hope you find it enlightening and encouraging. Here goes. Hello, Lexi Burns. I'm so happy to have you be my first podcast guest. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm an educational therapist. And so what that means is I support students cognitively and academically. I have a master's in neuroscience and neuropsychology, and I've been working with students for about 12 years. The range of students that I see are ADHD, learning disability, uh, sometimes just gifted, as well as those on the autism spectrum and many other types of students who are just struggling possibly with, you know, screen addiction or choosing the right path on how to stay on task, the executive functions, and teaching them the skills that they need in order to succeed academically and to be able to help with the social aspect as well when trying to tackle those academics. You and I we have been talking about how do we get some resources to parents? How do we d- help them define and find that path? Do you want to talk a little bit about how um, what path there would be for a parent who thinks that they might need some some sort of assistance in their journey with their child? Absolutely, it's a process, right? And it can be really confusing. Uh, do I start at the school? Do I talk to my child's pediatrician? There's so many different aspects to consider. And one of the first questions that you really need to ask yourself is, what am I comfortable with? What am I looking for? Am I trying to establish if there's a disorder, if there is you know, some underlying reason if Uh, why I'm seeing my child struggle to pay attention during school during the day, why when they study so hard, they're still not able to get the test scores that they want, why that, you know, they can only have one friend uh, or they can have many friends, but no real close friend. There's a lot that contributes to what makes up a child. And you have to really determine Am I trying to see if there's this diagnosis aspect, if there's some kind of reason of what's going on? If, um, you know, based on that, do we look at medication, that testing process, um, as well as really thinking about the types of schools that can support them? There's so many different avenues to go down, and it really goes down to what you are looking for. 
what can you recommend parents who do decide that they want to take some steps forward? What might they be stepping into? What? How could they take a step forward? That's tough, right? Like Google? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's really, um, you know, talking to the resource teacher or the homeroom teacher um, and seeing, you know, if there's any kind of, let's call it red flags that are being raised. And if not, then what are you seeing at home, right? Start taking notes, start writing it down. Um, no, you might not be, you know, overcritical. Maybe there really is something there and it's worthwhile to talk to a professional about, you know, there's a lot of educational therapists. There's a lot of clinical psychologists out there who are happy to do consults and really help direct you. Um, that direction would look like school accommodations, diagnosis, medication, therapy, you know, interventions based on reading or mass support. And we're not talking about typical tutoring, right? We're talking about helping your child really get to the bottom of why they can't remember those math facts, why they can't sound out those words. There's a lot of supports out there, but yes, it really can um, start with that testing process. And how do you go about that testing process? Lexi, could you describe for parents how the testing process might happen at a school versus private testing that you might get from private testing sites? There's some pretty clear differences between the testing that you can get through your school or school district uh, versus the uh, private testing that you would get through a clinical psychologist or a clinical neuropsychologist. Some of the key differences are that if you're going through your public school, then you can only test for the academic side or on, you know, if they need support with speech therapy or occupational therapy. They cannot test for things like ADHD um, or kind of on the emotional side. That needs to be done by a clinical neuropsychologist. Now, if you go the private testing route, there are, you know, a few benefits to this because you would get a broader understanding of what's going on. Uh, the process is also faster um, if you're paying, you know, directly to them. Um, then, you know, it can be done as little as four to six weeks. Um, if you're going through the school district, it can take a couple of months, um, yeah, you know. If not, if not longer from what my friends went through when my boys were going through, it could take three to six months. Yes. Um, how about insurance? Any hope for insurance paying for some of that private stuff? Absolutely. Um, what I usually find out from parents is, um, you know, with the testing process, you're interested in going down it. And um, if you're going to go down this path, then, you know, the school district um, or your public school that you're at you can get it through them, but it's tricky. It's not the easiest thing to do. They need to be able to see that there is an actual discrepancy or a reason why they would qualify for testing. 
and you have to go down this path of, you know, um, if they're in a public school at that time, contacting the homeroom teacher, having them escalate it to administration, and then they talk to the district, and then they plan it all out, right? It's, you have to be an advocate for your child in order for that to really uh, come to fruition. Um, and, and that's all academic based, or as you said, occupational therapy based. Whereas if you want to get a broader definition of what the issues might be, that might be what drives you out to a private testing. Yeah. The establishment, because the reason why, um, the private evaluation would be helpful is because if you think that there might be an anxiety piece or you see certain stressors, you're going to really want a clearer picture of what's going on. So tell me again how they would go about trying to deal with the insurance companies, how much it might cost, um, whether or not it's included in insurance or not. So if you're going to go down the insurance route, right, um, so we've established free through public school um, or through the district. Um, and then if you're going to go through insurance, what you can do is you can try to get a pre-authorization or you contact your insurance company individually and say, look, I think that there's something going on. Um, you know, how much would it be for a psychological evaluation? What is covered? What's in network, right? All those kind of key words. And they'll direct you. They'll give you a list of who's in network or they will say, you know, we can cover 50 up to 50%. Um, and there's some really good insurance companies that um, do provide that. And they cover typically about 50% of the testing process. But you have to do your due diligence and you really do have to look through insurance and, and awesome. see what's going to be possible. Yeah. So how about, like, how would you even know, is it your pediatrician that would direct you towards, like, someone to tell you what kind of tests. I mean, when I was looking up, when I did Google it, I was just looking up like what kind of testing there is. And there's tons of different tests. I mean, the different categories of testing alone, I, I came up intelligence tests, achievement-oriented tests, visual motor integration tests, language tests, which, you know, are they making the jump between spoken and written language and responding verbally? Um, emotional testing as well. It's like, there's all those categories individually, each one of those has many tests options. How would I, as a parent, know which tests that I would even want to talk to my insurance company about? Like, I'm, I'd am i be lost. You wouldn't have to. You don't have to know the tests in order to uh, request them. It's not how that process works. What you want to make sure that you do is give the clinical psychologist or clinical neuropsychologist all of the information. If you think it's the smallest thing, it's not. You want to make sure you're really telling them all about your child. And if you see any attention issues, or if you see that they get stressed easily, uh, everything helps, but you wouldn't so be I guess asking. The jump, the jump is, um, how do I get from, let's say my school or my pediatrician to a clinical psychologist or a clinical neuropsychologist, like whatever. How do I how do I get to that person? Who is that? I know that you provide some of that services to parents yourself of how a parent might go about requesting what kind of testing. Since you don't do the testing yourself, but you know enough about the testing to kind of point them in the right direction. How do you how does a parent get somebody like you um 
in their lives to be able to direct them on the first piece where they're just trying to get some sort of guidance and a diagnosis possibly. Um, how do they get that person in their life? So, I mean, I can tell you where I've gotten referrals from. Usually it's from parents talking to the pediatrician um, and then the pediatrician, you know, recommending you know, a psychiatrist consult or something, right? And then you have to go down and through the gambit and realize, you know, what you want to do. And if you want to try on more of the educational services side or have a consult and really determine what supports your child is needing. And if you feel like testing is necessary, right? Where do I make that distinction? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it something that I can just have an intervention for? um, Or is it something that, you know, I'm going to need accommodations at school for. So to answer your question, your first go-tos typically are the school, whether it be private or public, you would contact the counselor, the, you know, typically vice principal, kind of their role, um, or somebody that can help direct you like, man, I see some issues, you know, help, help me. And then they're going to say, okay, no, no, no. Like here's some testing resources. Here's what I would recommend. Um, that's through private school and with public, it's got its own kind of system that takes, you know, a a process. Uh, the other side that I've seen is that people will then go to their pediatrician and just say, Hey, I, you know, um, they're growing just fine and, you know, they're doing well, but, uh, you know, they're stepping in front of a car when they're, cause they're not paying attention or, you know, they're um, constantly getting in fights or having emotional outbursts. What do I do? And the pediatrician at that point will recommend you to someone who will help. Um, and then you just have to figure out what your next steps are. Services that you can get through the public school are, you know, can be really, really great. Um, and they're on campus during the school day. Yes. It's amazing. I know my friends that had... Um, kids that had IEPs, IEPs, um, sorry, I'm saying the the letters wrong, but I E P. IEP. Um, they had also they had meetings what once or twice a year with like the principal, the teacher, the counselor, the school nurse or whatever at the elementary level and the high school level would be all teachers on hand oh, hands yeah. on and the counselor. I mean, they got a lot of focus. And yes. um, it was really great. And then the people who had 504s, that worked out really great for those kids, too. But they had to get qualified at some point in their academic career to be able to qualify for those services. So, yeah, I just want to sort of put in a plug for if for parents who do get the testing, whether it's private testing or testing from the public school, either one can get them right on the path towards getting those services from the school. Right. <laughs> So with the way that things are right now, some schools will accept private testing and some actually, depending on the district, will um, have to do the testing themselves. So even if you take a private report um, demonstrating that there is a diagnosis, um, they do sometimes accept it and sometimes they say, okay, this is helpful information. We have to do our own testing process, right? Um, but it does help. Um, it's it's and I guess you helpful. could ask your school up front mm-hmm. what kind oh, of yeah. tests they would accept from a private or maybe some private testing centers are approved by your school district or something like that. It's po- probably possible. So how about um, how about comments about the private therapies? Like 
the schools can do some sort of, you know, like reading therapies or math or what, you know, social groups and stuff like that. There's some things that can happen on campus. I know one of the things my friends ran into was that it stops during the summertime, which was like, oh, my gosh, you're finally making progress. And then you have to stop. So um, other friends went the private route and it's very it was very expensive for them. Um, Some of the ones they didn't happen to have insurance that covered it. But yeah, um, there might have been other friends who had insurance that covered it. But the thing was, is that they um, they got lots of really detailed therapy that wouldn't have gotten at the school. Yeah, it's a lot more targeted and individualized, right? When you're paying for private therapy, it's tailored versus if you're going through the public school, you're usually always in group. Um, You know, sometimes the things that I've seen that's beneficial is you can get an aid through public school, which is not something that you can get anywhere. Um, Now that's usually children who have a behavioral component only. Um, And with the private route, you know, there are a lot of accommodations that the schools can provide themselves once you have that diagnosis. Let's say, for example, your child has an auditory processing disorder, uh, which is also very tough right now when you're supposed to be listening all day long. Um, but it's really tough for kids when they're sitting in the classroom and the teacher's lecturing, right? If they're a visual learner, they're lost. And so the accommodations that you can get at a private school, if they accept the diagnosis and they say that they can support your child, is they would get the teacher notes or a study buddy, or they would have what they need in order to succeed. And they would have a more individualized kind of customized plan through the private school. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of different options. It really depends on the private school and what they're able to have. I've seen that they have, you know, private testing centers. They've got proctors who will read tests out loud for your child. Um, They've got all kinds of great supports and it really just depends on, you know, what they qualify for and what you're looking for. Um, but, you know, each private school is a little bit different, right? If they're a smaller school, they might not have the funds to have somebody already established that can read tests to your child. Uh, so you have to really look at the private school and see what they're capable or able to do on the accommodation side. If they can accommodate most private schools well, um, it just depends on, you know, what those accommodations would entail. So Lexi, one of the common questions that you were telling me about is that parents want to have an idea of, will this be forever? Can you comment on that for us? Yeah. So it depends on the diagnosis, but let's say with a, a learning disability, right? Not necessarily no, because your child will get interventions that can help if they have a learning um, issue with, let's say, reading comprehension or math, right? Um, we can get them at where they need to be to be able to be successful at school um, in those subjects. And it, with ADHD, I mean, the brain matures. And just think about life itself, right? You learn from interactions with people. And on the social emotional side, it's the same thing. 
You learn by how people give you feedback. So you do mature over time. It's like, not like there's no hope or anything. Absolutely. Kids evolve and learn to adapt and, you know, create their own ways of figuring out what they need to do. And we, part of what we do is help them create these systems on how to be organized or how to approach things that they're doing and what works for them, understanding your limits when it comes to things that are academic or thinking about things socially. So, you know, think about, you know, where we were like 20 years ago, of course, we're different then. And you have to think about these kids, they're not going to be like this forever, you're going to help shape them and their interactions with professionals will help shape them as well. And I tell parents all the time, look, every little bit helps, right? Like if you try, there's a lot of great companies out there. And, you know, if you try something like integrated listening systems or a brain balance or neurofeedback or biofeedback or, you know, occupational therapy, speech therapy, there's all kinds of resources and options. And sometimes it can be overwhelming, but you're just trying to see what works and what can help. And, you know, every little bit can help shape them to getting where they need to go. So, you know, no, it's it's not necessarily forever, right? But (laughs) things change all the time too. You got hormones and middle school and you know, intense independence in high school and, you know, all this kind of shapes who they are. And it's about just getting them, you know, the supports that they need and the consistency that they need. Yeah. And I, I just think that it seems to me, the friends that, you know, my kids are in their twenties now, right. And the ones, their friends that needed the supports throughout their academic career, they're okay. They're okay now. And they're, they're, they have jobs and they're, (laughs) participating in society effectively. They have relationships. And it's so hopeful that those parents did invest a lot of time um, to help their kids be able to adapt to whatever it was that they were um, needing help with. So, hey, I have a last question for you, Lexi. If I was a parent and I decided that I wanted to take some steps forward, and is it possible for me to have a consult with you to have you helped me decide where what paths I might go down? Is that something that you offer? Could you describe what you offer? Definitely. I get a lot of parents who are referred to me by a lot of different professionals because we offer this consult of, you know, meeting with your child for 30 minutes and then meeting with you, the parents for 30 plus minutes of going over, you know, what are those next best steps? What do I do? What is my best option? What am I comfortable with? Right? Do I want this diagnosis? Am I just looking for, you know, medication or therapy? Or maybe I want an intervention uh, for just, you know, executive functioning or reading or math, academic support, right? So you kind of go over all these different pieces to help guide with what's going to be the best fit for you all moving forward. Right. And that's just a consult at the beginning. You, your your company does the therapies, 
after diagnosis and such, but you're willing to talk with parents about what's out there and what they could do and all that kind of stuff. And that's such a great resource. I'm so happy that you were able to come on my podcast. I hope this really helps a lot of parents and that maybe in the future we can do some more um, zoomed in um, podcasts to, um, to help parents as well. Thank you so much, Lexi. I really appreciate you coming on. Of course, anytime. Thanks again for listening. You can find Lexi's contact information on my website under Parent Resources, and I'll include it in the show notes, too. Also, feel free to email me at mary at parentingdecoded.com. I'm happy to assist in directing you to the right resources to help you out. That's all for now. Have a blessed rest of your day.